Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about reducing the digital clutter that you have on your PC or laptop and I'm going to say straight up, this is definitely Beck's bag more than mine. I'm a bit of a numpty, so I'm going to be asking a few questions of Beck as she explains some of the ways that we can reduce our digital clutter. And I'm not exactly a huge expert either. Uh, So when you say this is my sort of area of expertise, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, this is maybe an area I know more than you, and that'd be about as far as I could go with that. (laughs) So we'll have a go. Um, but as it's sort of the decluttering and the organising, the principles are the same for everything. So I think we'll do okay. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the overarching principle is find a system that works for you specifically and we'll give you some ideas, but there might be things that um, help you feel decluttered on your laptop, which for me isn't an issue um, and vice versa. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I think that we're going to focus on laptops and PCs and that's going to be the main focus on this. Otherwise, the episode will blow out and uh, bore everyone to tears after an hour and a half of droning about technology. So we will talk about um, your PCs and your laptops today and in your and your hard drives, your external hard drives will be covered off as well. So where should we start? If you want to declutter generally on your laptop or PC, is there a logical place to start? Um, I think probably the desktop is a good place to start because that's what you see a lot of, um, or at least you see it at the start. And desktops have the reputation for becoming cluttered. And I know I see some massive screens. Like I've I've never had a big screen ever. <laughs> like I have a tiny little laptop as a tiny little screen. Um, but then I go to people's houses and I see like they're dual or triple screens and they're really, really big. And I do have definite screen envy in those situations. Mm-hmm. But quite a lot of the time they are completely full of icons. The whole desktop is just full of icons. And then I start to get anxious <laughs> because I'm like, how do they find what they want and all of that. So Sometimes a full desktop full of icons can be a bit detrimental. It can mean that you can't find what you're looking for very quickly uh, and it can mean that it's also sort of visual distress, visually distressing as well because it's just so much coming at you all at once. So first the thing to ask yourself really is, you know, it does your desktop bother you? If it does, cool, then add it to your list of things to tackle. If you access your programs via the desktop, then you will want to have it organized. If you don't access your programs via the desktop, just clear it off altogether, like get rid of everything. If you don't use it, have a nice, clean, empty space greeting you when you start work rather than um, a whole sort of a barrage of stuff that you need to deal with. So yeah, get rid of all of it if you don't use the desktop to access your programs and apps. If you do, then you might want to actually um, tidy it up so that you can do it quickly. There was a survey done by, I think it's like zero.com or somewhere, where they talk about like 75 minutes a day or something is taken up looking for 
things um, in a typical work day. So you don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be spending that much time looking for stuff. So we want to get that organized. So group your desktop by program genre or by frequency of use or by a way that makes sense to you. You might have, you know, work stuff and then other stuff. I've got mine in programs on one side and then I actually have on the other side of my desktop, I have all the shortcuts to my presentations that I do. And so that's really quick and easy for me when I'm setting up to do a presentation or a talk or a workshop. I've just got them all there on the desktop. I don't have to. And especially because sometimes the host will connect my laptop before I've opened the file so everybody can see my computer. And yeah, a few times that's happened. I've gone, oh, like, please don't do that. But it happens. So um, it's connected and then I'm like trying to find the file. So it's much easier if I can have my nice clean desktop and then just have the file right there and I don't have to go into my files and let everybody see um, my filing system. So that's sort of something that works well for me is to have them, you know, one on uh, grouped on either side of the, the screen. I keep some of my frequently accessed folders on my desktop. Mm. Do you do that? Uh, yeah, just those talks. I don't think I have any others, um, but I do have all, my, all of the talks on there, yeah. Yeah, right, because that's something that I will regularly audit because I might be working on something for a while and so I will create a folder on the desktop so it's really easy to access. Mm. And then I notice I try and keep it to no more than what I would call two columns, which is probably about 10 folders, which is, you know, far right on my desktop. Mm. But it will get to a point where I'll go, oh, hang on, there's a whole stack here. And a lot of them, you know, I might be using them frequently for, you know, maybe a couple of weeks or a month, like, for example, at tax time, I'll create a tax folder for that year and I'll be doing a whole lot of stuff to do with tax and so it's easy to, you know, drag and drop and all this kind of stuff. But then once my tax files are, you know, finished and we've, you know, sent our return in and all of that, then I'm like, okay, does that need to stay on my desktop? Because it's, you know, it was handy for a while, but I'm not Mm. using it anymore. I'm not going to access it. So then I'll move it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, I will get to a point where I'm like, okay, this is too much and there's no way I'm using these 25 folders on a regular basis. So I will go through and cull them. I think that's the key, isn't it? Like it's not whether you use them or not, it's how you maintain it. And mm-hmm. I think that's important. Another thing I will stress is if you are using your desktop to store files, um, don't. It, depending on the makeup of your network and all that kind of stuff, you can lose stuff. So what I – because – and this is probably – this is the technical knowledge I had when I worked in IT. So this technical knowledge I'm talking about now is like 15, 13, 15 years old. But depending on how your network is set up, if you work for a company, then sometimes the desktop is attached to your profile and it's not necessarily stored in the network drives or locally. And so it's, it is a risk that you could lose those files. So I always say to people, make sure that whatever you store on the desktop is a shortcut to that file, not the file itself, because then the location can get it. That's probably getting, I don't know, ask your tech people if you need a better explanation, because it will be a better explanation than mine. But often the desktop is linked to your profile, um, and that can then cause problems later on uh, if, if things go funny. So make okay. it a... I won't be able to 
I won't be able to finish this episode now because I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like, oh my god, mine aren't shortcuts. I really need to. I need it's to less of out. a risk if less of a risk if you're not networked. So if it's your home PC, that's yeah, it's right. less of a, okay. a, a risk. But it's still, yeah, yeah, I would still. It's then unlikely to be backed up, you know, all that kind of mm. stuff. So yeah, so maybe you need to look at that. Yeah, um, that's a good tip. So the next thing that can cause digital clutter on your PC are tabs. Now, some people just are 300 tab open people and that's cool. It's part of the way you work and that's okay. Other people try to minimize their their tabs. Uh, I My brain is a 300 tab brain. However, I work really hard to minimize the amount of tabs that I have open on my PC because even though my brain wants to have a billion tabs open, it doesn't function very well when it there is. So I'd work really hard to keep them down. Uh, one of the tips that I um, learned to, well, a few tips I learned to keep tabs reduced. So um, first of all, one of the things is, and this is so much easier said than done, especially if you have ADHD, but finish what you're doing, then close the tab. Don't half do a purchase or half do a half read an article and then leave it and go and do something else and then leave that tab open for three months finish what you're doing so that again that's difficult for people who jump around task to task but try and finish what you're doing and then close the tab if you need to save if you're worried about forgetting the information on that tab or forgetting the url just save it so you can use bookmarks, you can use Evernote, you can use Google Keep, you can use OneNote to save either the URL or the contents of the page so that you can find it again later without having 30 billion tabs open, just waiting for you to go back to it. Another thing you can do is organize your tabs into windows. This is a new thing I've learned recently, which um, is very cool. And I, I don't know if you can do it with all browsers, but with Chrome, you can move a tab to a new window and you can actually, if you right click on your Chrome bar up the top where the tabs are, you can actually name that window so that when you alt tab, you can see one that says Google, another one that says banking, and then another one that says research and another one that says study. And so whatever it is that you're working on, you can actually have a Chrome window open so that you actually have less tabs on those windows and you can label those windows so that you can find them um, more easily. So that one was really has been really good for me because I love being able to alt tab between my Google Calendar and my my course page for my study, for example, um, or something like that. So I found that really handy. That's really cool. I've never heard of that before. It's only something I figured out. Well, sorry, someone told me recently. I didn't. I can't take credit for figuring. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> someone told me, um, and so I've used it now a lot, and it's great. Yeah, I'm not a uh, I'm not a lots of tab person tabs mm. person. Um, I will use bookmarks a lot, and that's they require a bit of uh, it's probably biannual maintenance maybe that I'll go yeah. through because I'll bookmark a bunch of stuff because I'll think oh that's good don't have time now I'll <laughs> bookmark yeah. that and come back like. to it and then every so often I'm like yeah I might need to go through them because there's way too many there and things that I was interested in at the time that I'm not anymore and yeah go back and yeah pile. exactly yeah. Mm. And you can organize your bookmarks into folders as well. Again, so that you, when you do go through, if you've got um, a folder that, if you're doing a particular project, you can create a bookmark folder for that particular project. And then once that project's done and you've got all the information that you need, you can just get rid of that whole lot at once. Hmm. 
Very good. I like that. So what about photos, if we store photos on our PC mm. or laptop? Okay. So decluttering photos, uh, I think we'll talk – I think we're going to talk a lot about this. I'm going to do an episode with Chantel on organising your digital photos, but we'll just cover decluttering quickly. If you've got photos on your computer or on external hard drives, then – you will probably have uh, duplicates. So one of the that's duplicates is actually one of the biggest digital clutter causes. And I, I know that when you do um, folder management on a Windows PC, I don't know if it does this on Mac or not. I'm not a Mac person, but and my mum has done this so many times, and I've caught myself doing it as well. Is when you're moving photos around. So if I'm organising my photos and I'm trying to move them into the appropriate folder for the the month or the year that it is sometimes you'll accidentally slip your finger and you will copy and paste into the same folder and then you end up with twice the amount of photos and sometimes you don't notice that you've done that you just notice you think oh that move didn't work I need to move it again to a different folder but then you've actually created duplicates so I don't know if anyone else but mum and I do it and so I'm sure other people do it as well where you, you slip your finger and you've accidentally duplicated everything in that folder and it happens multiple times occasionally I've been through mum's folders and there'll be like copy four of a photo or something so there's lots of duplicates. So there are programs that you can install that find duplicate photos on or duplicate files uh, and you can run those on your photo files, which will get rid of some of the duplicates as well. Oh, I like that. See, I found um, when I was trying to sort photos for kids' photo books and albums and stuff like that, that to start with, I realised I was cutting or like moving the file from our all photos section to, you know, Sienna ages zero to five, whatever Mm -hmm. it was. And then I'm like, well, when I go back, will I think to look in there or do I want that photo? So then I copied the ones and moved Ah, copies of the photos. But then I'm like, once I finish that project again, it's like now I have two lots of all those Mm. photos um, stored. And so... But then you're too afraid to actually do a bulk delete of that folder <laughs> yes. code just in case some of them were not copied and they were only moved. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, well, I can't do that. What do I do? Yeah. I recently transferred a bunch of, um, I had something crazy like 4,000 photos on my phone and I was like, I'm going to move them uh, onto the hard drive. And then because I think maybe at some point – I had already copied them but not deleted or not ticked that box saying delete from device after um, import or whatever. And so it was like, oh, there's a duplicate of this (laughs) item. And I'm like, is it or is it just, is it was that from my old phone and those images just have the same name even though they're different? And so I'm too scared. I'm like, just keep both. (laughs) And so then it's like, okay, now my 4,000 photos is (laughs) 8,000 photos because there's a copy of them all but it's yeah it's funny there's a bit of fear there around um definitely to delete just in case yeah definitely so i think like a duplicate finder utility would be really handy in that case and you can google for those but also i'm sure chantelle will tell us a whole lot of them when when we talk to her and do that yeah that's good but yeah if you can work out a system with your photos um, yeah. Even if it comes down to, you know, and you talk to Chantel about this, you know, years or people or some kind something that works so that photos don't get out of control. Yeah. Because um, they are very frequently out of control. Yeah. Um, so 
I think the same can go for your regular files as well. So if you regularly clear out your temp folders, that can give your computer a nice little declutter and a refresh. Uh, look for duplicates. Uh, remove duplicates whenever, you, whenever you're poking around your files and you see duplicates um, or you see you know, you've got an old version of something. If you've got one old version of something, what I often do is rename it and just put old on it. So I know that it's an old version, but it's the most recent old. So I keep that, but then anything that's older than that, I get rid of. But there's so many things that we, we keep because we think we're going to use. And then five years down the track, we look and we're like, hang on a second. What's, I don't don't need that. Or I don't need 20 of those. So whenever you're in a folder, whenever you're poking around doing some file management, have a look for duplicates. The same as when you open your pantry, you know, and you're poking around looking for things, throw out anything that's expired, do the same with your files, just do a few little bits at a time. And that's a a kind of a passive, slow declutter as well. Yeah, sometimes I will, um, especially if I get a message, (laughs) your storage is almost full. Mm. And I have a little panic. I will go to my downloads because there are so, yes, so many things that you you download or the other thing for me is screenshots that I'll you know yeah. capture the screen for something so it's like a once use like a single use item mm-hmm. and but it doesn't I don't delete it I don't delete it straight away because I think well you know I've got to send that to someone and I'll just keep it until I know they've got it or whatever it is or until yep. the issue is resolved so it's like screenshots of stuff there's downloads especially I find um we end up at the moment downloading a lot of like forms from school or soccer training or like permission mm. slips and all this kind of stuff. And they're all digital, download them all and either, you know, fill them out or uh, print them and scan them or whatever it is. But then the download sits there and we had so many uh, downloads that were single use. And I'm like, this is yeah. such a waste of space. So clearing them out. And the yeah. nice part is, being downloads, unless it's something really specific, chances are you'll be able to get it again. You know, yeah, if yeah, you exactly. Need it again, yeah. so there's not that same. Yeah, that same I um, I changed the settings on my PC so that whenever I downloaded, I was forced to choose a folder to put it into, and Ooh. so that re- has reduced duplicates. Because sometimes, if it just downloads straight to the download folder, if you don't have it set up to prompt you where it's going, it will go to the downloads folder. You will then copy that into another folder if you want to use it again, and then it's in both locations. Mm. So when I did this change, I found that what I'm doing now is I actually, when it's a temporary thing that I know I'm using temporarily, and I know that it exists elsewhere. So a really good example is the image that you send me every week, Tara, for Facebook. Mm-hmm. and that I post approximately a third of the time <laughs> that you send it to me. Um, so you send me that image every week, and so I don't keep it in – And I, when the when the folder pops up, I don't keep it in a podcasts folder. I put it in the downloads folder because that's the folder I will clean out without thinking twice about because I know you have a copy of that, and I also know it's on Facebook most likely, um, Or and it's also probably in my emails. So there's all these different places that I can get it. So I just put it straight in the download folder so I know that I will go and clean that out when, you know, every two months or so I just clean out all of the downloads folder. And so, you know, if I something I do want to keep, it's only in one spot, not in, in more than one for the time that it exists. Yeah, and look, if it's been a long time since you've done any digital decluttering, it can feel pretty overwhelming to get started. So what I would do is, you know, set a five-minute timer 
or something like that because we can mm. all spare five minutes and it might be the first five minutes of your day when you first log on to your computer before you start anything and just put your timer on, do what you can for five minutes and then leave it and then come back tomorrow and ke- and just chip away at it. That way it's like the little bite-sized pieces. It's not like, you know, because I think when if I did all of mine at once, it would probably take me two hours and there's no way I'm committing oh, two hours ten just hours. to tidying yeah. up <laughs> <laughs> my laptop. But five yeah. minutes a day, you will get there. And, and that just seems so much more achievable. Yeah, exactly. And setting up processes that don't lead to more things to clean up you know so like setting up processes so that you're not creating duplicates all the time um setting up processes so that your your files are named consistently so that you can find them easily and then therefore find duplicates easy and stuff like that so sort of prevention can be better than a cure as well yeah one last thing i would say about digital clutter and this is just me personally is i really like when i finish it might be finished for the day or just like, okay, I've done everything I need to do right now is I will close all my windows and shut everything so that when I open my laptop, it's like, ah, blank screen, you know, there's something I find so calming about that because the occasional time when the kids come in and I'm like, ah, and I just shut my laptop when I open it again and there's like 10 windows up and I'm halfway through typing an email and all of that, I'm like, what's going on it there will be occasion that you have to do that because you're halfway through something but yeah if you can get in the habit of closing things at the end of the day there's mm. something really nice about yeah. just opening up to a blank slate in the morning yeah same i've my laptop if i leave it plugged in and i shut the lid and i haven't saved a document like a word document or an outlook email or something my computer just keeps running and so sometimes I'll come back to it the next day and it'll be really hot and it's just mm. been running the whole time. And so I'm like, oh, that's, it's, that's not really very good. <laughs> so I've now done the same thing as you and I make sure that at the very least it doesn't do anything with Chrome. It just, it's happy for that to just sit in the background. But for some reason, if something else is running, it runs a bit hot. And if it's off the charger, it eventually just dies. And that's cool. It it will it re- comes up later, but it just gets a bit warm and it just keeps running. It doesn't hibernate properly. Um, so I've found the same thing. I'm, I'm starting to close at the minimum my Word docs and Outlook so that it doesn't just run constantly, <laughs> even mm. though I've closed the lid, yeah. Another thing that I wanted to sort of just mention because it can be a bit digital cluttery for people and that is passwords. Uh, I know that a lot of people have difficulty managing their passwords, remembering their passwords. Um, And some of the ways that people store their passwords is not secure and safe and other ways they use them is not secure and safe. So you can actually pay for software to organise all of your passwords um, if you like. But for those of you that that won't, uh, there are – there's this one thing that I wanted to talk about and that is – Reducing the need to write down a password at the, and at the same time reducing the likelihood of forgetting it. So one of the things that people will say about passwords is do not use the same password for everything. Now, I used to, with my memory, the only way I remembered passwords was to use the same password for everything. And then I got hacked. And then every single thing that was logged into on that password was either hacked or at risk of being hacked. So my Instagram was hacked, my PayPal was hacked, my Gmail was hacked. Um, I managed to rescue all of it, but 
it was because that one password and email address combination was um, published somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so after that happened, oh, and my banking was hacked as well, something. But whatever it was, I had like four or five things over the period of two months all get hacked and I, it was because I had the same um, password. So now I have a different password for everything. But because my memory is so atrocious, I've created a formula so that I can remember the password, even if it's different for everything. So this might be something that you could possibly use as well. So let's say the formula you come up with is your favorite ice cream flavor in caps and numbers and characters within that. Um, Then the last two digits of your easiest pin to remember, then a favorite character. And then the, by character, I don't mean movie character, I mean asterisks or umlaut or and symbol um then the first maybe two to five letters of the app it's accessing or the system or the service that it's accessing so if your favorite ice cream flavor is chocolate you might have ch0c0la plus e which says chocolate then you might have 98 which is the last two digits of your easiest pin and then you might have a hash because that's your favorite Um, character and then fa for facebook so that would be your facebook password and then your google one would be ch0 c0 la plus e um, 398 hash go for the google one so then you only need to write down hints instead of the actual password to remind yourself of what that password is so then you're actually not writing down stuff but you're still remembering it does that make sense tara yeah absolutely and i I have um, a place online where I will store (laughs) hints for my passwords without storing the passwords. But the same thing, it might be like um, whatever, the electricity company app. Um, So I'll write the the title of that and then I'll write um, second pet first house address or something like that. Um, so, So that if someone accesses that which is really easy you know for someone to hack in and look at my notes or if they had my mm. phone but they don't people aren't going to know what my second down. pet was yeah. or you know what my house address was whichever one I'm talking about so that kind of thing so I will write down the hints and record the hints or like um you know childhood best friend whatever um mm. plus softball number <laughs> whatever it was yeah. you know and so yeah. it would be Sally 13 or something like that, which I know, but other people would not know um, by yeah. reading my hints. So that way, um, yeah, same thing. I oh, I really worry about passwords and people that have the same password across everything. It's mm. like, eh, scary. Yeah, or who have it written down on their desk, desk blotter on their desk. Oh, like. <laughs> yeah. Or in their diary, you know, yeah. like the back page of their diary and it's like, oh, my God, that's even yeah. less secure than keeping them on your phone. Yeah, well, if you're anything like me, you know, your diary's been left in several different places out in public <laughs> <laughs> for a little excursion. So, yeah, it's a bit of a risk. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, if you can think of a formula that you can then write down what that formula is without writing down the actual thing, um, or hints to that formula, then you know you'll be able to remember um, your passwords a little bit easier without everybody else finding out what what they are. Very good. Now, you would probably think of emails as well and your inbox if you're thinking about digital clutter. We did an episode back in 2019 specifically relating to emails and taming your inbox. So I will put a link to that episode um, in the show notes so that if you if that's something that you're struggling with or you want to look at as well, you can go back and have a listen to that episode 
I'm, I'm pretty sure everything we talked about then is still pretty relevant. Yeah, I think so. Uh, if not, people can tell us and maybe we can you can discuss it in the Facebook group and um, up, update everybody with maybe some new information or, or something like that once you've listened to it. Uh, so speaking of the Facebook group, we would love to see you there to have a chat. We can talk digital clutter and password security and maybe you can give other people your amazing one-stop shop password tip and then we can chat about it in there and otherwise we will see you here again next week thanks for joining us we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered if you'd like to connect with us you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com